Get ready for today's episode. We cover everything from questionable materials on school Chromebooks to China's involvement with the CIA to Liz Cheney's husband being involved with Hunter Biden's legal defense. Just follow us on this one. I'm John Fender, along with Gary Humble and Kevin Kukaji. This is the Freedom Matters Podcast. I'm all out of sorts today. We're recording on the wrong day. Dif- different day, not wrong Sorry, day, that's, different day. I appreciate that. From time to time, we have different schedules and we have to accommodate. And I thank you for accommodating mine so that I can take my son to college. Appreciate it. I didn't it. even realize we were recording today. <clears throat> Until you sent the text and said you're on your way. I was like, oh yeah, that's happening today. You did realize, you just forgot and I get it. That is true. Oh, yeah. And I'm um, sure now all of the listeners are enthralled at today's episode that we didn't even remember that we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean we're not prepared. That just means I wasn't ready with the preparation we had, right? That's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, you want to do your uh, China cabinet five minutes? First? Sure, why not? Nah, I want to end. We we started with China cabinet last okay. episode, so let, right. me, let me do that later. I we'll wanna, end with it. I want to give Gary the opportunity to talk about, since school is open... It's true. To, to talk about the troubles we're already encountering here in Tennessee. Okay. Well, just so many things that, you know, people are talking about. There's still things that some, you know, I'm reading that folks are saying happen that we're trying to confirm, in fact, did happen. But one that is absolutely confirmed, there's a video of it online. You know, we found out that Blunt County schools, as they came back into the school year, uh, handed out Chromebooks, as school uh, school districts often do nowadays, especially since COVID. Everybody has a Chromebook now. Yep. And um, got home, a parent is looking through the Chromebook, and of course, students have limited options by which they can customize their Chromebook. And one of those options is to customize the wallpaper on your computer's desktop. And wouldn't you know, lo and behold, one of the folders of available... Um, customizations for your wallpaper was uh, LGBTQ items. And it was all, you know, sort of cartoony. I think there was an image of a couple of male characters holding hands. You know, of course, there was the, the trans flag and all the colors. So, you know, parents are sort of up in arms. What what the heck? You know, I mean, this is just... <clears throat> class isn't even in session. No one's even approaching my child with information. But next thing you know, it's it's all the subtle ways by which this agenda is reaching our children, even so, all the way down to cu- do to kn- customize your do you know what computer wallpaper. Grades this was, or was this across the board? Uh, my understanding is it was, it was across the board. I mean, I, I think, you know, it was an, a young elementary child parent that had found this, but uh, to my knowledge, these were just on the Chromebooks that were distributed through the county. Before you just, go before you go deeper into some of the analysis and the and the legalities and how this should or could be handled, do you know how many other options they were given? You said a folder of LGBT things. Yeah, so from I'm just by memory here looking at the video, it seems to me there were like 12, you know, 10 to 12 folders. Yeah, which ish. doesn't sound subtle to me, right? It's not like one of a 100,000 off obscurely, right? One sure. of 12. And I'm curious what the other files contain. I, mean, I guess I'd said subtle because I never <clears throat> adjust my wallpaper. It's just one of those things that I don't even... <laughs> Just don't even think about. But anyway, I, I often don't update my software until the computer doesn't allow me to do certain of my normal You're functions. One of those guys. I have to do it. Okay. 
<clears throat> I, I know what version of Mac OS I'm on because of the wallpaper. It exactly. Just, it just stays <laughs> that's, there. That's me, Gary. Same thing. But they didn't have file folders like with John Calvin's Institutes or any, <laughs> any kind of... Um, the Founding Fathers? Yeah. Uh, no. American Flags or anything like that? No. An option? No. Not that I recall. So, how is this possible? Is this is this not a function of? Um, well, you tell it. I, I I don't know how a school board can get away with this. Obviously, they cannot pretend not to know. Well, look, and here's here's another thing. Now, as I say this, please recognize I saw this posted on Facebook by someone I consider to be credible, and so these are all reports that are just happening real time, and and admittedly. We don't know if this is confirmed to be 100% true, but it's it's going around that apparently the Clarksville-Montgomery County School Board has uh, issued some sort of a ruling somehow or in some way requiring and or allowing teachers to ask students their preferred pronouns in class. So this is going around. And, and apparently it's going around because it has happened. Whether or not that's actually come down from the school board, we don't officially know yet. But the point is we're across the state, we're seeing these issues. They're happening. Whether it's in a singular classroom because of an activist teacher, whether it's from a runaway school board, whether it's from, you know, Chromebooks being distributed accidentally with LGBTQ <clears throat> Uh, stuff on the computers, you know, the problem is they're happening. And so the question, thing that I just want to mention and that I'd like to talk about is the question from parents often is, well, what do we do? What do we do about it? Mm -hmm. And, of course, the answer that most people come up with is, well, we've, we've got to get with our legislators and we've got to make sure that, that we make a law against this. We can't do this in Tennessee. And the point I want to make is, we can stop it now if we had leadership in Tennessee that cared enough to actually stop it. So I want to make sure that every parent and everyone in Tennessee understands how this works. The Constitution of the state of Tennessee does require the maintenance of free and public education here in Tennessee. So we are required to have public schools. Not every state has that mandate from their constitution, and we certainly don't have it federally. Which means, in effect, that the General Assembly is in 100% control over how our schools function in the state. But what that means is that legislatively, um, our General Assembly makes the rules by which the schools have to abide by. It's, it's, like, it's like the enumerated powers of the government per the Constitution. The legislature enumerates the powers and duties of school boards and superintendents. Meaning if those powers and duties have not been enumerated or prescribed by the legislature down to the schools, then they don't have the authority. This, this was precisely the conversation we were having about masks. The legislature never gave a school board the authority to make any kind of sweeping health care mandates of any sort. So what you're saying is there is no authority currently in the Tennessee legislation – anywhere in legislation, that gives the authority to school boards to put LGBT material into computers or otherwise into students' hands. That's right. And there is not a mandate to do so. Our legislature has not given the um, 
school boards a, a a mandate to educate our students or to provide students with LGBTQ material. We're just all accepting that these things exist in our schools. Okay, so therefore, since that's the case. Certainly, we could pass laws to forbid these actions to ensure they don't happen. Which wasn't there, wasn't there legislation last session that would have stopped this anyway? I, I know where you're going with this, and I don't want to interrupt your flow except to ask, wasn't there also legislation that could have easily stopped pornography? Well, it would have sort of stopped it. It wouldn't have stopped it. It would have simply ensured that if a teacher— did not use a student's requested pronouns. Like if if the student says I'm a she her, and uh, but but the teacher called him a boy because he's a boy, that there would be no liability. There would be no cause of action in the courts. So it would it would it would protect the teacher in the school district from any liability. Just because a teacher addressed someone according to their biological sex. But wasn't there also porno- anti-pornography legislation that didn't oh, the, get through? Yes, that was uh, yeah, HB 1944. You're referring to taking obscene materials out of the lot. Yeah, that, we could have passed that too, right. and we did not. So there were you know, bills that could have you know, helped with this situation, but those, those, both of those measures failed. So where could you—I want to make sure everyone understands because I'm, I'm not letting this guy off the hook. How could this be fixed today? Well, it's, it's simple. Governor Bill Lee. <laughs> we have a governor who runs an executive administration who hires and fires our commissioner of education, who is currently Penny Schwinn. She works at the pleasure of the governor. As such, Commissioner Penny Schwinn is directly responsible for leading our schools helping to make sure that our laws are enforced by our school boards and helping to ensure that superintendents are, you know, executing appropriately on their duties per the State Board of Education. In the flip of a switch, right now, today, Penny Schwinn could put a stop to all of this. And if she refused to do it, the governor could mandate that she does so. And if she still refused to do it, the governor could fire Penny Schwinn and hire another commission of education that will execute on these principles and protect these kids. So what would you say to someone, Gary, who said, but Gary, the governor's busy, Penny Schwinn's busy, it's a big state, they probably don't know that these things are happening. How busy are we when it comes to indoctrinating and informing and shaping the worldview of our children, of the future of our state? Honestly, how busy could one be? It's astonishing to me that You have men and women in leadership who have the authority today, right now, to step in and fix something. And they refuse to do it because of cancel culture or whatever the the external pressures might be. In fact, hang on just a second. I'll give you another why. So this particular bill, HB 2633, you're going to love this one. This was actually part of my campaign platform. I felt that love was coming in air quotes. HB 2633, which would have protected teachers and school districts from liability should they simply have addressed someone by their biological sex. Guess why one of the reasons it failed? Fiscal summary, other fiscal impact. This is on the Capitol website. Saying this this was a financial reason why this— If found in violation of federal law— 
This legislation could jeopardize federal funding in fiscal year 22-23 in subsequent years. And of course... We don't want to miss no. out on those federal dollars. Don't, no, of course not. God, I mean, God forbid that we make sure that we don't promulgate the LGBT agenda throughout our schools. Because if we do so, and Uncle Joe says we should and possibly pulls our federal funding, well, we can't do that here in Tennessee. So, Gary, you aren't suggesting that the commissioner of education or the governor are refusing to act because of federal dollars. Kevin, and, I would never make such an accusation. Isn't it like 40% of the, let me get this right, of the school budget? No, 40% of the state budget. 10%. 10% of the school budget. 10% of the state's education budget in the state of Tennessee is currently federal Federal funding. funding. But yeah. isn't 40% of our total budget federal? Uh, 53 it? billion, it's about a third. Okay, a third. It's about one third. 20, 20 mm. billion of the 53 billion. So it's more than a third. More, more than a third. <clears throat> Might be closer to 40%, Kevin, yeah. actually, now that, now that we're thinking about it, doing the math. So either way, federal dollars, again, trump morality. Federal dollars trump true leadership and, and, and what's good for the character of our country. Another example of why, as I was campaigning for state senate, one of my typical points I would try to make is that I, I have a goal to get as much federal funding out of this state as possible. And the lowest hanging fruit is education, by which I believe we could get 100% of that funding out of this state, because that will be the only way that Tennesseans truly can be 100% in control of how we educate our children and how we operate our public schools. And you can see, I mean, right here, I'm looking at a piece of legislation that literally died this past session in the LGBTQ space because of the risk, not not the impending doom of just the potential risk of losing federal funding in the future. So do you think we should do a sort of a call to action, at least a light one, because we have listeners in Blunt County, we have listeners in Montgomery County. Don't you think they should at least make the commissioner of education and the governor aware Absolutely. And, and ask them, say, hey, Governor, are you aware that this is happening? And if so, what do you propose to do about it? That's a, that is a valid question. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Sure. Is it possible that this is just an an oversight? And I say this. Which part? That there's a folder with LBGT material to, to change out your best desktop. I say this because <laughs> being somebody who works with digital infrastructures and stuff that that is a in, that is an internal setting of that not the software that's an in, well the software but the software that's <clears throat> proprietary to the hardware if that makes sense so you're suggesting that someone else i'm suggesting the these are chromebooks so these are google right. these are google devices i'm saying that's a setting that google, that it comes preloaded with from google but if and i'm i'm just saying ahead, that so. the there is an it department in each school system but there might even be one statewide. I don't know. But is it is it just a preloaded default folder that comes on a Chromebook that was overlooked by – I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been overlooked, but it's just – is it possible that it's not – not that there's like a nefarious side of the school system. <clears throat> Obviously, we know, we know where Google stands and everything. But it's just that they didn't go – they didn't do their due diligence and go through the actual physical – internal settings and structures of a Google Chromebook. Okay, so this I have two questions then to that question. Number one, 
weren't these specifically cartoon LGBT wallpapers? Well, that could be done by any artist at Google. No, no, my point is that it's aimed at children, right? They wouldn't put cartoon ones in if they were putting it on your computer, a product that you were going to buy. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know that I'd buy that. But I think what you're saying, well, I think what you're saying is that Google put it in for this purpose, not the Blunt County School. Because he's asking yeah. if that's the case, right? Sure. And, but, I have to. But ass- the second, I'm assuming that's the case. But the second point is, with all of the awareness of this issue, they don't have their heads in the sand. With all of the awareness of this issue, and that it is a divide in the culture, how could anyone? in the position of authority, whether the IDT department for the state or for that particular school, not have gone through these computers with a fine-tooth comb. Because if I'm the IT guy, yeah, okay, that's but, the first thing I'm looking for but is you're what's also, violating the law. You're also talking about the same school systems that handed out – they weren't Chromebooks. They were uh, tablets or something. When COVID started and they were, like, handing out all these devices to all these students, they handed out, like, tens of thousands of them without power cords. So, like, they're – I don't think they're running on all eight cylinders is, is what I'm saying. And I think I think it is highly possible that there could have just been like a – we didn't do what we were supposed to do and check everything out, including what these things come preloaded with from the factory. Okay, so let's give the school board and the state IT department or whoever both, – yeah. both the board, the IT, the superintendent, the teacher who passed them out. Let's give them all a pass for a second and say – None of you caught this. This was an accident. It was in there. That's even more important why we know what the answer is when the parents raise this concern. Because if that is the case, then it should be removed immediately upon notice, right? The, the measure will be the response. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So we'll know, mm-hmm. we'll know if that's an accident by how they respond. If they defend it, then we're going to get more information that tells True. us it's probably not the case. But if they say, oh, yeah, it was just a mistake, whether it was or not, and they remove it, yeah. All right. Fair point. Do do yeah. I do I think that to your point, do I think that this came with the Google device and was not purposely and maliciously put on there by Blunt County Schools? Yes, I believe that is most likely the case. However, do I believe that someone in the Blunt County school system or a group of people should be responsible for ensuring that what we're giving to our children does not contain such material? hundred percent. Well, what's going to be the – my kids get Chromebooks this year, and we're Frank, Franklin Special School District. So I'll be interested to see when the ours come home if I look it up on ours and see and, if and kudos And kudos to the parent who did their due diligence right. as a parent mm-hmm. and took their child's Chromebook and looked through what was available to their children. Mm-hmm. Bravo, parent, mm-hmm. whoever did that and made us all aware that this exists. Yeah. This, this raises a good question of what should a leader in any industry, in any form of government, know? It's, it's, it, it's not acceptable anymore to simply say, oh, I didn't know, because each of us have a role. It would be like if a pilot of the airplane say, said, I didn't know the plane was out of fuel, and maybe he's innocent and he didn't look at his gauges. But it's his job to know, and we would hold him responsible for not making sure the plane is filled with fuel. I think in the same way, even if everything you say – and I I tend to think that's most likely the case. That's how it got there. I still hold the school board responsible and or the superintendent or the particular teacher or all of them for not knowing because that is their job to know and to protect the students from this kind of material. Hmm. It's worth noting – I'm just saying – 
mean, I'm just just putting it out there because it's there. You know, this this bill that would have protected teachers and school districts from addressing folks by their biological sex passed the House. They were waiting on the Senate. It went into the Senate on April 7th, then got recalled from the calendar and sat in the Finance, Ways, and Means Committee for three weeks, upon which then the Senate adjourned and took no business on this particular What happens bill. when something sits like that and it's adjourned? It like... just dies. A, a, a committee, by the way, which uh, my That's... former opponent, Jack Johnson, sits on. But it can, is, can it come back? Who's a fighter, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, are we allowed to mention the names of our legislators, right? Wasn't there a uh, law passed to try to prevent people from talking. Oh, yeah. Right, but we're not, we're not right we're not, before a campaign. We're not 60 days before an election right <laughs> so now. We've we can got some mention time. their names so can, again. Yeah, we can speak. <laughs> we have free speech right we're, now. We're 90 days, right? Or something like that? Yeah, so... Uh, um, yeah, John has a good question. Can it come back into... Such, like, can it be reintroduced? Does it have to be reintroduced from the beginning, or can it just... At this point, it would have to be reintroduced because we are now entering a new uh, general assembly. And it has to pass the House all over again. It would yes, you would have to be this. So this bill is dead. That the 112th General Assembly is over. So we would need a brand new bill from scratch. But let me wow. play devil's advocate. Okay, maybe this committee just had other important things to do, and you know, for three weeks they just didn't get to it. We aren't suggesting anything nefarious by delaying addressing that bill, are we? I'm not. No, I am. That's how they work, right? I mean, yeah, there's that's a level their, there's their, a level of that, but there's also like how many bills come that's through tools a of the trade. No, they they pass the ones that are important to them to pass. Well, that's what a lobbyist is for. <clears throat> how fast did they try to pass the legislation which stopped and limited our free speech? That legislation that came out of nowhere in <laughs> April, in April. Oh, that right? got done in a couple of weeks. Yeah, nobody sat on that and said, well, I just don't have time to get to it. It went whoosh, right to the top, got passed. No, they no, they they can get her done. Yeah, they just – the calendar is used. Just like committees are used to kill bills, the calendar is used mm. to kill. And so they take it off the calendar and they put it back on the calendar. And then it gets pushed. It gets rolled to the heel and, you know, it gets put on the final calendar. But then they run out of time because they just didn't have enough time to get to everything on the calendar and – you know, so that's how they, they mm. use that process to not deal with things that they don't want to deal with. Yeah, so they can say, hey, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Yeah, didn't yeah. do anything bad. All right. Well, <clears throat> hey, uh, while we're on the topic of schools, did you guys see what happened in Minneapolis? No. Minnesota? Today? Um, this was um, – I saw it today. This article was posted on the 14th, which was what, yesterday? Yesterday. <clears throat> As of this recording? <clears throat> A uh, this was on alphanews.org. I'm, I'm not, f but it's on a couple of other places too. And I actually saw it reported on Newsmax. A Minneapolis teachers union contract stipulates that white teachers will be laid off or reassigned before quote educators of color in the event that Minneapolis public schools needs to reduce staff. Nice. And there you have. So it it literally says quote starting with the spring 2023 budget if. Excising a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the site, the district shall excess the next least senior teacher who is not a member of an underrepresented population. You notice in this, if you go back to Martin Luther King, of course, where he said 
one should not be judged by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. This new racism in which we're involved today is so blatantly racist. I mean, we we now live in a society that skin color trumps everything. It trumps it trumps how much your skill you have in being a teacher. Right, it and ironically, how much seniority you have as being a teacher. And ironically, it's advanced as being because of racism, but. It's, this is racism on steroids. It's it's racism that's aggressive and blatant. They're telling everybody, we are now going to be subjecting people, and particularly white people and white men in particular within that group, that you are not just going to be a minority, but you are going to be an unpreferred class of people. It, it turns the idea of racism up on its head. Racism to advance racism. It's um, It's illogical. It's outrageous. But it's blatant. But it's all in the name of equity, Kevin. It's got to be equitable. <sighs> equity. As long as it's done in the name of equity, it's not racism. <clears throat> right. So as long as it's done in the name of equity, not in the reality of equity, but in the Oh, reality. Name, right? We the threw reality quotes. out a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. It's just whatever feels good. Dangerous mm. times. Anyway. I, got an, I got an email uh, literally uh, yesterday. So in our weekly email that went out yesterday – for Tennessee stands, um, we're promoting uh, not our events, just a couple of local events. One dealing with CRT in schools, and, and another one um, is just a, a Tennessee conservative, just sort of uh, annual event. And of course, I guess pictured in the panelists in these events, um, there are no persons of color in these particular events. And so the email I got was it was. You know, I, I follow Tennessee stands, but it's it's hard to defend that you don't have a racist agenda because of your there's no diversity, you know, in these events you're promoting. And I'm like, so. But those aren't our events we're putting on. That's well, that's number one. <laughs> but no, but number two, you look at a panel of people, and you assume that things are racist because you don't perceive there's any diversity in what you see. And my question was, so you've, you've already made a, a, a character judgment on our organization and all of these people. Are you telling me now if I put a picture of a black person or any other minority on that flyer, now magically everything you thought was racist is no longer racist? The, <laughs> the lack of thinking and logic that we use mm-hmm. in the way that we deal with these issues but- – and it's also dehumanizing. She did not get a nice email from me. Mm. If if it's what affirmative action does, it destroys a person's humanity. It destroys us as being created in the image of God because it it lowers the threshold and says, I will only hire you or I will give you preference because of the color of your skin, which you cannot control. Who would want to ever accept a position, a job, an opportunity? because of the color of your skin, not because you earned it, not because you're qualified, not because of any other reason than because of the color of your skin. Well, I certainly wouldn't want to because if I did, then I'd be a white supremacist. And amazingly, Mm. Gary, to take it further from what you said, not only – so your question is, would it be magically okay if you put one or two people who are black, maybe an Indian – you, you pick any race that is, right, of, of color. Yeah. I mean, it's like, do we not have color? We just have a different color, right? If that is enough to satisfy someone's view of whether you're racist or not, then they're not paying any regard to what you're actually – let's say you go to the panel and you said a bunch of disparaging things to other races. 
But it wouldn't matter to them because, well, you had a picture of people whose skin was of a different color. Yeah, so, therefore so you're everything gonna... was just fine. Yeah, it's... it's... Anyway, it's just uh, <laughs> when you said that, it just brought that up to memory. I, I just, I, I can't, I just, I just can't believe the things that we're dealing with today and our, our, our inability to just call a spade a spade and put it into all this nonsense. I mean, frankly, the, the... The governor and Penny Schwinn's lack of willingness to address these LGBT issues in our schools. All of, again, all of these issues that could be ended simply by someone taking a stand and someone executing on leadership in this state. But everybody walks around as if there's nothing we can do. There's nothing anyone can do. The legislature can't do anything. The school boards can't do anything. Those that, that run the administration at the state house can't. No one seems to be able to do anything to address these woes that are happening around us. And it's just um it's it's just altogether frustrating as we continue to devolve into absolute nonsense. They all in this sound, culture. They all sound like the Israelites who are afraid to take on Goliath, right? They're like, oh, well, he's too big and scary. I'm not going to do anything about it. And David's like, what the heck are you talking about? It's a great about? analogy. That's true. Mm. You know, this is, this is I come against you in the name of the Lord. And this is, <laughs> this is God's kingdom. It's not Goliath's kingdom. This is what's happening with our leadership all across the state of Tennessee and all across the United States, including many Republicans. Um, and they're the worst because the Republicans actually pretend to be something that they're not with regard to, oh, we're Republicans and we carry the— we respect the United States. We respect its foundings. We respect the virtues upon which it was founded. That even makes it worse because they're pretending at a level that the Democrats are no longer pretending. That you got that right. They're not pretend. They're willing to act on it right. fully. Hmm. You know, uh, on the David and Goliath note, I learned the other day that he was not a boy when he fought Goliath. <laughs> that theologians, like based on timelines, they they put him at like around thirty years old. Yes, I. I've been thinking about that, and I've not done my research to counter that. I don't know whether that's true. I, I know we heard that. I don't know that anyone can know not, whether or not it's true or I've not, not, but— I'm not ready to to say I know that yet. Yeah, well— Well, I, hang on a minute, though. Doesn't it actually— He was definitely the youngest. Yeah. Doesn't Scripture actually talk about—or is it, or is that just a story? Isn't it in Scripture where he goes to Saul— and gets armor, but the armor is way, way too, too big. big. Heavy. That, that would certainly that signifies that he's not—he's not yet a man, or he's just in smaller stature. But a guy of such small stature who still killed a lion, right, with his bare hands. Yeah, I don't know. I—you I, you, kind of caught me tongue-tied because I, I wanted to actually research. I was tongue-tied too when I heard about and it. And make I'm like, sure well, that I, I'm not yeah, misrepresenting I haven't researched it either. It. But I heard that theory. Let's put it that way. It was a theory. Yes, we have to, we have to verify we have to verify that theory. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say false. And Look it up. Yeah. Let's see. Come back with it. Hey, let's go to the China, China cabinet. China closet or China cabinet. Okay, so I as we hinted last week, there's so much China information we could talk about it for 5 minutes every week and be here for a thousand years. Um this is disturbing. This story just came out today, which is um like a little while, a week or so before you're going to hear this, but CIA director, let me put on my spectacles so I can see this better. CIA director William Burns formerly headed a prominent DC think tank while it employed Chinese Communist Party members. This is a story from the Daily News, Daily Caller News Foundation. 
Okay. Central Intelligence Agency Director William Burns <clears throat> formerly headed an influential D.C. think tank while it employed undisclosed CCP members as well as individuals with Chinese government ties. Now, his tenure as president of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace – sorry, it's folded in my paper <laughs> – Carnegie Endowment for International Peace from February 2015 to November of 2021, Carnegie employed at least 20 policy experts, which the DCNF, the Daily Caller, has identified as CCP members. These CCP members worked at both Carnegie's Washington, D.C. headquarters and its Beijing center, and um, it was launched in 2010 in cooperation with correct my pronunciation, Tsinghua, T-S-I-N-G-H-U-A, Tsinghua University. Yet expert profiles on Carnegie's website do not disclose these individuals' ties to the CCP. They were only discovered when this news organization discovered their communist ties after analyzing hundreds of Chinese-language Communist Party branch records and personnel profiles from more than a dozen CCP-linked organizations. So, Burns' tenure at Carnegie coincided with increased alarm from the FBI concerning the CCP conducting, quote, malign influence operations against key American institutions. The question you may ask, and this kind of gets to what we were talking about with the school boards, is that either Burns, the CIA director, appears to have allowed government-linked experts from a hostile power to affiliate with an organization boasting many former and future U.S. appointees, or he didn't know or bother to check, which is a remarkable lapse in operational security for a highly cleared former U.S. official and pretty disqualifying for a director of central intelligence. Again, the dateline is today. That would be August 15th, daily, daily caller for that story. So here we go, <clears throat> CCP influence. And remember, there's nothing that... If anybody is associated with the Chinese Communist Party, any information they get has to be transmitted to their superiors. Mm -hmm. They can't just look at it and say, oh, well, yeah, I'm a member of the CCP, but I didn't report that. They will be found in prison or they will not remain alive if they don't comply and submit that information. Yeah, their families will be offed Disappeared. in China. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Hmm. Again, information. Every day we learn about the Chinese Communist Party influence is deeply infiltrated uh, into the United States. I feel like the China cabinet is just going to be a downer at the end of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bring everything down. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's nothing to get excited about. That's no, for it's sure. not. But the beginning of headed the right direction, you have to know where you are before True. you can head the right direction. So, yes, it's, it's just like sin. You have to be aware of your sin before salvation has meaning, right? Salvation has no meaning if you're not aware of your sins. So, Unless you're aware of your danger, you can't head the right direction and get out of it. You can't repent. You can't turn. And that's what Tennessee Stands is all about. Yeah. Telling you everything that's wrong with the world around you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at this. Look at it. That's all we do. Just yeah, bring a, you down. Speaking of things that are wrong, uh, did you guys see the um, report that came out? I actually found it on The Federalist. Uh, Liz Cheney's husband is a partner at the law firm who represents Hunter Biden. Of course. <laughs> Why is that Why not? not a surprise? <laughs> it's not a surprise, but it's one of those things. It's like you just you just can't make this up. Yeah, you can't even write this story. It just 
I it have, writes itself. And what do y'all think about um what do y'all think about Charlie Kirk of his prediction? Are they uh do you agree? Are they going to actually arrest Trump? I will, will they do you what's your prediction? Will I've they go, an, will they go that far? I, I think an indictment will be coming. Their goal I believe, and and they've not been entirely obscure about this, I believe that their intent is to create and foment violence because that will allow them to take even further actions to shut down or to control elections. So if they can do that, this is why I think, okay, I'm going to say this on record, and I'm, I'm sure you guys agree, but I don't know if we've actually said it this way. Everybody knows that Joe Biden doesn't actually run the country in the way that we've gotten used to and historically the mm-hmm. way we, we've a president never runs the country but joe biden doesn't have the authority joe biden is not deciding oh this is my agenda for this no right? clearly <clears throat> um, anyone who believes that's a fool yeah so and and almost everything that joe biden has done has been a furtherance of what we saw um commence during the biden uh, oh biden during the obama administration i mean that's not I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not wrong off. right <laughs> so it is my view that all of the stupid and outrageous things that Biden has done have more than anything else been intended to inflame the American people so that the American people revolt, so that the government is justified in complete control. We need to now come in and be totally totalitarian. And think of how beautiful yeah. I, I say. He, just, sorry, go ahead. I'll finish this thought. If you are the puppet master... You can let the puppet be destroyed and take all the hits and all of the bad press and, oh, my gosh, you're so ridiculous, and not touch it and bring all the destruction. And it's it's a beautiful pattern because either, A, you get to advance all of your initiatives that you could never do yourself, i.e., Obama couldn't have done these things himself because people would have said, well, that's not in – we know it's in his character, but the people who love him would have said, oh, that's not in his character. He's a nice guy. He's a great leader, but he watches basketball and does his – uh NCAA brackets. He's normal. But you put someone like Biden, who's a bumbling idiot, in that position to carry out all these radical initiatives, you either get the initiatives or you get the other benefit, if deemed benefit, which is what they want. They want violence. They want people to overreact and to just go crazy and say, enough, so that they can be justified in taking further control. That's what I think is at stake. Except where their mistake is they underestimate the American public. Underestimate their. Um, this isn't Venezuela. The discernment. Mm-hmm. This isn't Venezuela. You can't. You, it's just not going to happen. You're gonna. You're gonna literally have. You can push the American people too yes. far. And the the American people are not non armed. No, I know, but what? That's what they want. That's what I'm saying. They want that so they can yeah. justify. I get that. And you see what happened. They look, can justify what they try to do, but what they try to do, they will not be successful. They won't accomplish but, that. But look. To prove that it's also part of the plan, look how quickly after the Trump raid that Christopher Wray, FBI director, came out and said, we've gotten threats from Americans and how un-American it is to threaten the FBI, right? He immediately went on to victim status. Here's the FBI that completely violated every rule of the book with respect to a raid, let alone on a former president. And then immediately when the story gets out, he takes the position that he's the victim and that people have threatened FBI members with their life. It's 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 straight out of the Obama playbook. The way that you avoid 
defending an accusation of something you've done is to accuse your opponent of exactly what you've done and go on the offense. Mm. And that's what Obama has done. That's what Hillary Clinton did. That's what is happening here. Well, like I said, it's, what, 90 days away from a midterm, so they're going to do anything they <clears throat> anything they uh, That's right, to can. control the election. That's right. So Maybe the goal is all mail-in ballots, right? Including. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, w- one little note on that before we finish. Did I say this last week about the number of uh, – did we talk about mail fraud for a second? About the – the number of counties in the country where they receive more mail-in ballots than the actual number of registered voters. And I, think we, I thought you said something this, about that. This happens so much that even if you are a person who says the machines are full of integrity and we don't need to go back to you know some sort of special hand-marked ballot, separate all of what happens on election day when you have multiple counties in multiple states that have received votes – that either exceed the number of registered voters or exceed the number of voting age people in that county, that alone is prima facie evidence of fraud. I mean, that you can't deny that. It's like something's wrong here if we're getting more votes mm. than there are people. Well. <laughs> that would make sense. We are, uh, I don't even know how many places we just went. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but it was fun. Went all the way around the world. People like, at least the people, the, the few people that listen to our podcast enjoy that. I, think. I know. It just always surprises me walking here on a Monday, not expecting to have anything to talk about. And We are going to confuse people because we say it's a Monday, but they listen on a Wednesday. And sometimes we record on Friday. Don't worry Thursday. about it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry when about it. When we record, doesn't matter to you. It comes out on Wednesdays. That's right. <laughs> all that matters. It comes out on Wednesdays. And it'll be out next Wednesday. And Joe Rogan can come visit. Matt Walsh can come visit. Anytime. Always open. Low hanging fruit. To Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Matters podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. And remember, as revolutionary Thomas Paine once stated, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. <laughs>